Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How many things are different since we met, since before the pandemic, how my life has changed and how a lot of people's lives and and how things that you didn't realize were so important are really the important things, right? It's not just your career and it's not just, you know, how you show up at work. It's just, it's really the words that come out of your mouth and how you live your life. I'm so excited to talk to Amy Snyder. I can't even tell you. I've been thinking about this all day, all week. I can't believe she said yes. And uh, I have so many questions for her. I, I know you you have answers for her. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to, we should do the entire interview in answer format. That's very funny. And see if she can come up with the questions that we are giving her the answers to. I bet she can. Yeah. You know, when I first saw Amy on the show, I didn't, think about it. I just thought about who is this person that is winning every single night? I mean, she's literally a human Google. Yeah. She always made that face like she didn't know what she was doing or she didn't know the answer and she pulled it out. How would she know these things? But she did. 
So, you know, how I actually got to her is I followed her on Instagram. And as only I would, I DM'd her and said, can I send you some Jones Road? And she answered me and gave me her address. I love it. And that was cool. And when she lost, it was a shocker. And, you know, I just checked in to see how she was doing. And it's not the same without her. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I can't watch Jeopardy because it really stresses me out for the competitors. And also because there is nothing in the world that will make me feel more dumb than watching Jeopardy because I don't think I ever know the questions. I, I never, ever, ever know them. Or the answers. You might know that I'm really good at the popular ones. Yeah, I, I know mean, the pop the culture. The TV ones. Exactly. Yeah. Any like seventy, eighties, you know, television, pop culture, music. I'm on those, but everything else, like I have no idea. Bridges in India? I, I don't know. How do you know no, those things? No Rivers, bridges? Yeah. Oh, I might have been able to get a couple of those. Though. Well, you, yeah, those you can get. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think I can get the Kalaski Skyway or whatever that is. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> exactly. So stay tuned, everyone. Here's our conversation with Amy Schneider. Hi, Amy. It's Bobby. So nice to meet you. <laughs> Likewise. I know. It's crazy. And Anjali, have you, this is my co-host Anjali. Hi. Hello. It is such an honor to meet you. I have so many answers for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not me. I, on, I only have questions, but I just wanted to say, I was telling these guys earlier that I've, I've interviewed so many well-known people and so many, you know, like just people that you'd be like, wow, you got to talk to them, but I'm overly excited <laughs> to talk to you. And people cannot believe that I actually connected with you and you're going to be on this podcast. So I'm really excited. Bobby slid into your DMs is what she told <laughs> <Yeah>. me, <laughs> as the kids would say. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. And I was, you know, when, when I first like said, can I send you makeup? I mean, you must get all these weird DMs. <laughs> yeah, I think the weirdest one, I think, was that we just got, like, Nutella sent us some Nutella. And it was just like, <laughs> you know, fine, happy enough to get it. But, like, why did you do that? <laughs> I mean, that's an awesome gift. I mean, I know how it works. There's some cool person sitting on the influencer side of Nutella said, oh, that'd be so cool if Amy, you know, shouts it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Aw. Well, I'm, it's just, first of all. We were also talking about how much fun we're not having watching the show without you. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've heard that from a lot of people. I, I certainly have. Yeah. You know, I'm like, come on, everybody, let's give them a chance. But yeah, I, I understand. Well, you brought an energy to the show that I think was really missing and a kindness. I, I keep reading that and I feel like we all witnessed it. And I think, unfortunately, in these times, it really stood out how kind you were. <laughs> but it was really, it was just amazing just to see the graciousness that you conducted yourself with over the 40 episodes. It was really cool. And also, you're just you know everything. That was the <laughs> yeah, thing. that's what we don't understand. I know a lot of really smart people, but it was like you would make this face like you had no idea and you would just answer it <laughs> like time and time again. You know, the Amy face. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was funny. I had no idea that I did that kind of like half smile thing so much until I saw myself on TV. I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> that looks weird. Is that really what I do? And everybody's like, yeah, it looks great. We love it. So I was like, oh, OK, uh, you know. Well, you were just yourself. And I think the you know, that's kind of the secret, like the more you're yourself. But have you always been a brainiac? Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, just I, I was just born with a 
a good memory. I mean, that's the main thing, you know. So like when when I learn something, it it tends to stick in my brain more than it does for most people. Um, and then, you know, I was uh, also like raised in a, a household that like encouraged learning and, and education and all that. So, you know, that was definitely then, you know, sort of nurtured and, and like rewarded and that sort of thing. And how many kids in your family? Like growing up, what was your house like? Uh, so I have a younger brother. I have, well, I also, you know, and I, I always want to make sure I mention her, the an older sister who who died. She was born premature and died after a few days. So it was never in my Aww. life. But, you know, I always want to make sure yeah. I, I acknowledge her. And what did your mom do? Was she like a teacher? She was. She was a math professor. Yeah. Ah. A math professor. See that? Now it's coming together, Amy Schneider. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're making it like, I just read a lot as a kid. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and how about dad? He was a computer programmer, a software engineer. He was a programmer back okay. when I was a kid. They call it engineer now, but yeah. And are they both still around? Uh, my dad, unfortunately, is not. Uh, he's about six or seven years ago passed away, but my, my mom's still huh. with us. Yeah. And how is she dealing with this newfound fame of her daughter? <laughs> you know, she's she's happy about it. She's, you know, she's she's enjoying it. I know she's been enjoying watching the games. I mean, I think, you know, she's she's having a tough time right now. She last summer had to move into assisted living because she just, you know, mm. like is still like mostly able to get around, but just like not quite enough to still live on her own. And that's, you know, that's been hard for her, understandably. But uh, yeah, like, so it's it's definitely been nice to have this as as something to talk about when, when I'm calling home. I would love to understand a little bit about the process. I know you've talked about it a ton, but just at a high level even, I didn't realize how involved it was that you were taping up to five episodes a day. Is that right? Yep, five episodes every day. They they tape Mondays and Tuesdays and do a, a wow. week a week of episodes each on each one. So it was generally like a 10, 11 hour day. Yeah. And so you're just are you just on a roll at that point or is it just exhausting? I mean, it must be really tiring. It's really tiring. Yeah. I, you know, like I would when I was done for the day, I was just like go back to either the, my hotel or the airport if I was flying back that night and just like sit there and like not like not even be thinking, not reading, just like like spacing, you know, just letting my mind not do anything for a bit. It was really, you know, just being so focused for for so much of the day. And I mean, you know, like during the game itself, you know, I didn't really notice it. Like you're just it's going too fast and you're just sort of involved in the game. But like every time the camera stopped, I would be like leaning on the podium and like just feeling exhausted. And I'm like, OK, let's get back up, you know, and yeah. I mean, I feel that way after back-to-back -back Zoom calls. I can't imagine <laughs> being like on like that. Like if I have to engage that much, that'd be just too much. So it's really impressive. Yeah, and I, I have to say like, you know, I, I was always impressed by by Ken Jennings' streak, but now that I've been through it, I find it almost unfathomable that he was able to go almost twice as long as I did, which felt like years for me. And even like the last long streak, Matamodio, because I was flying back and forth from Oakland, which was a drag, but he was flying back and forth from from New Haven and dealing with the time shift. And so like I definitely have some more appreciation for for how hard this stuff is. And what is it like for you now going out in public? Because you're so recognizable and you've kind of blown up, not even I mean, outside of Jeopardy, which will talk about that. But how is it for you? Uh, you know, it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely recognized, you know, pretty often. Um, but, you know, it hasn't been 
uh, anything too too oppressive or or anything like that. You know, like just yesterday, I was coming in my building and the the FedEx guy was there and he was like, "Oh, hey, you're you were on TV, right?" And I, I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah." And he was like, "Yeah, I've been telling people I delivered her a package." <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, sad. don't tell him my address, please. <laughs> don't do yeah. my route. That's really funny. Uh, and you have an agent now. I, and you're with I, the big age. Yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. So that's been. You know, I've I've said so many times in the last couple of weeks, like, you know, oh, I'll I'll check with my agent or, you know, send that over to my agent or things like that. And every time I'm like, who am I? This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You're so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but there's I, I don't know. I'm I'm someone who's a visionary and I see so much opportunity for people. Like I see so many different partnerships, like even the clothes on your Instagram, <laughs> you know, every night you kind of shouted out the clothes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was so amazing. And your pearls, are you wearing them now? I, I am not. No, you know, like I'm, you know, like I'm here with Genevieve. I, I don't need the reminder. But, you know, there's yeah. Yeah. So that's those are just like the things that you put on when you want to feel fancy. Yeah. And, you know, it's and I mean, Mostly at that, but they do also like they don't have to be fancy. And that's what I sort of didn't realize about them. And, wh- and what I like about them is there's almost literally not an outfit you can't wear them with. I love that it became like a talisman for you, too. It was like something that everybody wanted to see every day, that little image of you with their pearls. Yeah. And, you know, I just by you being on TV, I have to say, has just done so much for awareness for transgender people and just so like interesting that on our pre-conversation, both myself and Anjali have nieces and nephews that are transgender. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up, I never heard the word. Yeah, me neither. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I know you've talked about, you know, your experience, but what could you tell the people that are listening? Uh, you know, I, I think that when I transitioned, you know, you you know, I was a you know, scary time and there's a lot of things I was afraid of. Um, but, you know, one of the big ones was that I was sort of putting myself in this sort of disadvantaged position of of being trans in our society. And that, you know, like that I was choosing by choosing that I would be closing myself off from other things. And that's just not turned out to be the case at all. And I think, you know, as as like I've just shown in a like very big public way, but like even beyond that in, you know, my professional life before that and in my personal life and everything else, it just there hasn't been anything I felt unable to do because I'm trans, uh, you know, once once I got into it and once I'd gotten used to it. It's amazing because I, I, I agree. I mean, Bobby and I grew up both in Chicago, outside of Chicago for me. and um, I didn't know of anyone who was trans growing up until I got to New York. And then I feel like, you know, I had close friends or folks that I worked mm-hmm. with. Um, and it wasn't until my nephew came out. Um, and it's been incredible to see the shift and the acceptance. But obviously, it's still really difficult. I mean, even if he lives in a big city and is in a work environment that's super supportive and our family has been really supportive and loving, but it's not... It, it just breaks my heart whenever I hear the stories when it's not like that. And I know you yeah. you dealt with a lot of online trolls. I would love to hear about how you dealt with that. Yeah, I mean, so like a few things. One of the things that just made it easiest was that I anticipated worse and I anticipated more. Um, you know, like, to, you know, because to me, like, the change in the last five years, 10 years is so dramatic. 
um, that like, you know, definitely there's, you know, stuff out there that worries me and that I'm sad about and all that sort of thing. But like, it's so much easier for me to see that, I, you know, trans people have a position in society that I would have thought impossible uh, not that long ago. Um, but yeah, you know, that that doesn't mean that there weren't some people that uh, felt the need to share their opinions with me. Um, and, you know, I did my best not to, you know, I mean, not to not to read it too much, not to, you know, not to go in the comment sections of, of anything and that sort of thing. But it's still, you know, that was hard and it's hard not to take it personally and be affected by it. I, I just had to find ways to make peace with it, I guess, and to give myself the permission to filter that out and just just focus on the, the positive stuff that I was getting. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've heard you talk a little bit just about beauty and how you feel about yourself and how mm-hmm. you've become more comfortable mm-hmm. with yourself. Can you share that with everybody? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the biggest fears transitioning is, you know, looking ugly, looking like a man in a dress, you know, all that sort of like dysphoria and, and discomfort with yourself. And so definitely at that time, in the immediate aftermath, I didn't try out for Jeopardy and wasn't considering it because I I couldn't imagine, you know, wanting to be on TV in that way. But that phase lasted for a while, Um, you know, and I I remember like one time in particular. So I was being really like, I can't leave the house without makeup because like that's just part of my arm and part of how I make sure I'm, I'm signaling femininity to everyone. And one time I had uh, gone to a spin class with a coworker before work and we were in the the locker room afterwards and I was I was going to put my makeup on. She was like, oh, you don't really need it. And I was like, oh, and like that moment, like made me kind of look at myself and be like, I really don't. I still like I don't dislike the way I look without makeup. So like that was definitely a sort of key moment in starting to like let that all go. And how was it seeing yourself on TV? Were you happy with what you saw? Uh, eventually. It was hard at first. Um, it was, you know, I'd say like the first you know, three or four episodes, like it was, it was uncomfortable. Um, you know, I didn't like it. Like, like I said, I thought I, I thought I was making a weird face or, or just having other stuff. And, and this is, I was anticipating this as well. I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to like this at first, but like, this is going to like force me through that discomfort and force me to, to come to make peace with this. And so, you know, getting used to it and also just like seeing the, you know, the positive response and not hearing that criticism that in, that in my mind I was expecting to hear on some level. And so it definitely did really put me into a place about how I feel about myself and, and my appearance that, that I kind of didn't think I'd ever get to. It's amazing. 
of all the things that have come out of this, I think that's been the most unexpected. And positive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's honestly I, the secret I tell people all the time. Being confident is being comfortable in your skin and realizing you are you and you can't look like anyone else. So you might as well, you know, self-love and, and, and enjoy it. Like, how do you practice self-love? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, I feel like my practice is more like stopping the self-hate, you know? Um, and like, you know, definitely a key part of that has been, years and years of ther- therapy. I, I really love my therapist and, and she's, you know, taken me a long way with that. Um, and so just, you know, those constant like self-doubt, self-criticism, imposter syndrome type things, all that stuff, just trying to figure out how to tone those voices down, not not give them so much power. That's That's been, I think, the main thing that, that I've been doing in, for, for the last decade or so. And how about any beauty rituals? Do you, you know, do you do spa days? Do you, you know, treat yourself that way? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't really do spa days. I'm, I've done it once or twice. But I like a lot of the beauty rituals that I had have disappeared since COVID, you know, like not leaving the house and, you know, just getting out of the habit. But I definitely used to. One thing I remember is just every morning before work, waking up and lying in bed and like planning out my outfit and really like just enjoying that and like feeling the pleasure I had in doing that and then putting on on makeup. That's another thing I've, I've started to get back into that, you know, in the last couple of months, you know, partly just, you know, being on TV and stuff like that. And, and also seeing myself, you know, with makeup on Jeopardy and just remembering how how much I used to enjoy it. Now that I'm out of the habit on any given morning, it's like, oh, I could spend that 15, 20 minutes doing something else. And I like don't do it. But like every time I do, I'm glad I did. Well, I'm going to teach you how to do it in five minutes. So that <laughs> that is my goal. So so, you know, not that anyone that's listening is going to see it, but I'm really excited about my uh, virtual makeup lesson. I'm going to give Amy and Genevieve. I love it. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. Oh, so am I. So the name of this podcast is The Important Things because, you know, so much has changed during COVID. I know for me, I've taken everything down a notch. I used to have a big corporate job. You know, I I did everything was different. So right now, the different things that I do is I dress differently. I certainly, you know, haven't put a pair of high heels on in five years. I'm just curious, like, what are the important things to you? What has really changed during COVID? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that I definitely, you know, before the Jeopardy thing was really feeling um, like like so many people just like lost and you know, realizing that my job wasn't fulfilling the way it used to be, you know. And so there's, uh, you know, a couple parts of the, to that. One is that I need to have I need to be being creative in some way uh, for much of my life. That was pretty consistently theater that I would be, you know, anytime I hadn't been in a play for a few months, I would like get itchy and I was like, I gotta gotta audition again for something. And then like as I as I got older, that like the time commitment just not became not really manageable for me. Um and that's why I got into computers in the first place. You know, my my parents were not gonna stand for me majoring in theater or creative writing or something like that. Um and so I needed to find something that would be, you know, secure and and like stable and also have something to fulfill that part of me. And writing software, you know, it's it's still writing. You're still starting with nothing and making something. And for a long time, that was that was sufficient for me. And then for a while, I got into managing people and managing, you know, small teams. And 
was able to find fulfillment in that at that point. That was a, a new and, and gratifying thing to be like, I could see that, you know, when I was doing a good job, I could see that I was making their lives easier. And so I could get that like, you know, immediate feedback. But ultimately, like I lost that with COVID. And I also just came to realize that I don't care about computers anymore. And, you know, it just doesn't interest me. And a lot of that has been coming like I found out that I'm a much different person than I thought I was since I transitioned. You know, I thought that I was I didn't think I was a social person. I thought I was very introverted and things like that. When it turns out that, you know, all that was just you know, I was suppressing my gender identity and like a bunch of stuff got suppressed with it kind of as collateral damage. And so I, you know, was definitely struggling with this is not the professional life I want to have anymore. So what's it going to be then? And, you know, I definitely been considering some different options, some career changes. But, you know, it turns out like the ideal thing was to win 40 games on Jeopardy and become nationally famous. <laughs> Uh, and that's, that's been... that was your pivot, <laughs> your pivot. Yeah, check. <laughs> Some people go to business school. Amy's like, I'm just going to go win a million dollars on Jeopardy and then figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah, that's amazing. And so I think the the important things to me and, and they're linked are creativity, you know, having that as an aspect of my life. And now, um, you know, authenticity, being true to myself, being open and present to the world, open to receiving what the world is giving me, open to giving myself all of myself to the world, having gone so long with not that being so inauthentic, like that's I, I never want to go back. I, I want to just keep exploring more of myself and showing more of myself. It's so beautiful. And I think what you've seen, I mean, again, just with the the data set of sorry, <laughs> yeah. I can use that the yeah. data set of Jeopardy is, you know, that when you showed up as your authentic self, like it was received really, really well. And so yeah. people adore you and you you know you just it resonated so deeply with a really wide audience and um and so all that love that you are getting i think is is because you were showed up as your authentic self yeah and i you know and i agree and i'm i'm so there was a part of me that was uncomfortable and deciding how i wanted to kind of be on tv um you know and i've talked about like one of them being like do i want to try to you know put myself in a more feminine register in my voice um or some other things like that and it wasn't really until like a couple of days before taping that I just like kind of had the like insight of like, no, be just be natural, be yourself, because then even if the reaction, whatever the reaction is, it won't bother me that much. I know that plenty of people will like me because in my personal life, when I'm being myself, people seem to like me, you know, and I don't necessarily have to understand it or, or believe it or whatever. But like, that's that's the experience I've had. So let's let's just keep 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 with that. I read about the voice. How could you even like change the voice and let go of? I mean, I couldn't even imagine having to stay with a voice while you're doing that, because then. You can't be yourself. You wouldn't have won all those times. Exactly. For 40 episodes to keep that going. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. You know, I mean, and it is like it's it's something you can do with sustained practice, like, you know, some trans women in particular like do. And, you know, like I, I got some sort of like vocal training at one point on on sort of how to do that, which was, you know, I really appreciated it in terms of learning more about, you know, beyond just pitch, like kind of you know, like sentence cadence and sort of like how much you're supporting with your your diaphragm and things like that. But I quote this, there's a, a tweet um, from a trans woman I love that was like, how to, how to do feminine voice training. One, try. 
two, cry, three, cry a lot more, four, give up. And, you know, that was pretty much pretty much my experience with it, too. Like, it's I know I can do it like on demand if I want to, but like to sustain it enough to get to the point where it starts to become my actual natural voice. That just wasn't something I was ever, you know, felt like I just didn't want to do that. And what are what are your big giant dreams and hopes? Like what what are you hoping? Because I mean, things are probably flying at you every (laughs) single day. Like what was like one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, like, you know, the New York Times, like what was one of those things in your inbox? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I think the the most exciting thing that's happened to me was was Padma Lakshmi, like complimenting me on Twitter. I I think that Uh. that may have been the single biggest like (gasps) moment. Um, But yeah, in terms of like, I, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of like exciting stuff and interesting stuff that's, you know, all very preliminary and I don't know about. But I've realized that the thing that, you know, out of all of that that I'm most excited about is is the one thing that is, you know, sort of farthest along, which is writing a book. Because all this other stuff is is great and it's interesting, but it's all collaborative. And I just be part of a bunch of people contributing ideas. And that's a fun environment to be in. Like, you know, I've done theater and things like that. But like this book is really a place where it's in my control and I can really you know, I've had I've been I've been thinking my whole life and I have all these like ideas and thoughts and and I'm going to get the chance to put them out there for for people to read. And that's that I think is going to be, you know, if I if I pull it off, I think will be probably the most gratifying thing that I do. Well, honestly, I cannot wait to see all the different things. And I know this is just the beginning because you've been how long has it been, you know, since you've been off the show, like a week, two weeks? Like, yeah, a little over a week. I don't even know anymore, but not long, not long. By the time this episode airs, it will have been longer. So you'll be. Yeah. So we might have to add like, you know, some things. And now, <laughs> now Amy is doing this, but that's also a position that a thing that I'm working with now and like trying to learn from, uh, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing this fall, like, you know, or like i i just don't know what the next few years of my life look like in a way that like is more true now than it's let's hardly ever been in my life at least as an adult um and so i'm really trying to like keep that feeling as excitement and not fear and you know stay stay on top of it but it's definitely like you know it's it's not the most comfortable thing for me and i'm i'm definitely i'm working with that it's so no, it's so cool. You know, being open, I think, is kind of the secret, like being OK, what's going to what's going to happen? Yeah. So it's it's really cool. But I have one final thought that I ask all the guests. I wish I could, you know, give you the answer and ask you the question. But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do I didn't think about that. You know. Oh, but by the way, I was I was actually once a question on Jeopardy. Oh, nice. I was. I, 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 I was. I took a screenshot. It was Celebrity Jeopardy. So it doesn't really count. Yeah. But anyways. So the question I have for you, if you could tell someone listening the one thing that could change the course of their life for the better, what could it be? Like one thing advice from Amy Snyder. Uh, I think it would be curiosity and you know paired with that that that's key is comfort with being wrong um wanting in fact wanting to be wrong you know because like if if i realize i'm wrong that tells me great i've learned something i'm better now um you know if i look back on my past self i should think boy that that <laughs> she was an idiot back then or whatever because otherwise i haven't learned anything um and i think that that opens up everything else because otherwise you can never advance from where you are if you're not willing to discard old things that 
uh, were either wrong at the time or just wrong for you now. You know, I grew up as a conservative Republican, you know, boy uh, in Ohio, and I'm none of those things now. And like mm. I had like I had to, you know, like reexamine kind of everything in my life at one time or another. And I think it's been great for me. And it's it's something I recommend. Oh, I love that. Wow. Wow. That wow. Yes, that's so good. I feel like I want to print that out on a T-shirt. It'd be a very large T-shirt, but <laughs> yeah, put that on yeah. my daughter's wall or something. What a great lesson <laughs> for all of us to learn. I've loved having you on this podcast. I'm honestly, I, I am such a big fan. I hope we keep in touch because I do want to hear everything you're doing. I'll, I'll be cheering you on. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is this is really good. This is I enjoyed this. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. I'm going to slide into your DMs too, just like Bobby. But I I have no <laughs> useful skills to offer you. Uh. Nothing. Unless you need like a contract, right? I could do that, but that's better. <laughs> we'll we'll just see. You never know what's going to come up. <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Big things ahead, no doubt. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.